0: Amen. Y'all turn with me in your Bibles. We're doing our study in Elijah, the life of Elijah. We're going to just take our time, uh, but I want you to turn with me. We're going to start in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Let's skip down to verse uh, 19. We'll read verses 19 and 20. And This is talking about Abraham and being justified by faith and the faith of Abraham who's the father of us all spiritually. So Romans four nineteen, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was 90, okay? He was 100. They had been promised a child, when, and, and not only a child, but nations that would come through, their, through his seed. And that was when he was 75. He's 100 now. But he wasn't weak in faith, amen? He didn't stop. What he, did, what he didn't do was he didn't sit there and consider, I'm older now. Uh, uh, it's less possible for me to have a son. Sarah's older now. It's less possible for her. She had been barren all of her life, right? But he didn't. that was not what he considered. That's not what he rested upon. That's not what he chose to think upon. He chose to think upon what God had spoken to him. He staggered not at the promise of God. He didn't just make something up. God had promised him, and he believed him for it. Amen? Staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. We're talking about Elijah tonight because he was strong in faith. He did what he did by faith in Almighty God. He didn't wait till he saw uh, the circumstances change and then acted upon it. He stepped out in faith, and he obeyed the Lord. And God blessed him, amen, and God used him, and we're talking about him tonight because there's a lot of things from Elijah's life, y'all, that would speak to us just as much as it it did at any age, any era of a follower of the Lord, amen, to follow him. And so what what God did in in and through this man, Elijah, in the Old Testament, uh, he did it by the, the graces that came to him was, were by the Holy Spirit. It was a work of God's Spirit upon his life. But I can say this honestly, and it's, it's kind of like what we're talking about Sunday morning right now. We're doing a three-part series. It's at least three parts, and I started last Sunday on the conflict or the struggle or the wrestling. We wrestle not in order to be saved. We wrestle as believers to walk in the fullness of God. There are conflicts that come that God ordains, and we don't just jump from here to there. We, we go we go with the Lord, and we walk with the Lord. We live a life, we a journey with the Lord, and he strengthens us, and he grows us. And this is what was happening with Elijah, and we're going to look at some of the, the steps in his life, amen, some of the steps that brought him. And just when, when I talk about what happened at Mark, Mount Carmel, just so you know, uh, that's going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18. We're not there yet. But that's when he calls down fire from heaven. You, we would have to say that would be like his his big notable miracle, okay, besides him praying for three and a half, that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years before, prior to that. But publicly, that was his big moment, I guess you would say. Uh, but before there's a Mount Carmel calling down fire from heaven in front of this multitude of the nation and the King Ahab was there and all these priests of Baal and showing that the Lord, he is God. Before that moment happened, there were some steps to get there. There were some steps and testings and workings of God in his life to get him there. And he's had to go to uh, Cherith. Cherith is where he's going to be fed by the ravens, right? By the brook and get the water from the brook in the time of drought. When that dries up, and we're going to study all these things in the weeks ahead. But when Cherith dries up, he's got to go to Zarephath and be sustained by a widow. I mean, these were not uh, probably pleasant experiences for him. Before you get to Carmel, you've got to go through a Cherith and a Zarephath or something like it. There's something that God has to do in us in a humility, and a brokenness, in a, in a strengthening before he can use us on a Mount Carmel. So just we're looking at it as a as an illustration. This really happened, but how it applies to our lives, we can see some of the the similar patterns. And so here we're gonna we're gonna talk about tonight as far as we can get some of the steps, one after the other. There were successive steps, okay, and God's educating or, or building Elijah up to prepare him for that Mount Carmel. Okay, we're gonna look at some of the steps that he had along the way. And The first thing is, is that God's servants, we're God's servants, okay? God's servants have to learn to take one step at a time. I know that sounds very simple, and it is very simple, but it's a hard lesson to learn. We have to learn to take one step at a time. There's all these things we might want to do for the Lord, all these things we want to receive from the Lord, I pray there are. I pray that there, 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 we want more than what we have now. Amen. But we have to learn to take one step at a time. Before this man Elijah, who was a the Tishbite, right? He left his his village, uh, Tisbe or Thisbe, before he went there to deliver that message in Samaria to King Ahab that. As the Lord God lives before whom I stand, there's not going to be rain on the earth for these three and a half years. Uh, Before he did that, he, he, he probably would have naturally asked, Okay, God, you want me to go speak to Ahab? Ahab is an idolater, an idolatry. He has sanctioned idolatry He has killed the prophets of God, him and his wife Jezebel. They have set up an altar altars to uh, Baal all through the land of Israel they set up built a temple for Baal. You want me to go talk to him uh you got to give me a little more info. maybe Elijah's thinking like what what how's it going to be received god uh or what do I do after that? What's the next thing I do? I'm just going to go speak to him. Don't I don't need a plan of escape if he doesn't receive it? It would have been natural to think some of these things. He's saying, you go tell, you go tell Ahab that it, the Lord Jehovah said it's not going to rain, according to my word, for three and a half years. And what we see is that he immediately obeyed. He immediately obeyed. And this, you could, we could find, we could trace it through the men and women of God that we, the heroes of the faith, so to speak, and even people that aren't in the Bible, people since, since the Bible days, okay? And if he had asked all those questions, he may, may have never left his, his village to go do it. And the same for us. We have to be careful. Take one step at a time, okay? And if we waited, wait for a reply, well, no, God, you've got to show me all of it before I'm taking a step. You know what? You'll still be sitting at home waiting. And so will I. He doesn't work that way. He doesn't have to work that way. We don't see that as a pattern when we look at the men and women of God. He called Moses and just says, I'm going to use you to de- deliver my people. Here's the first thing I want you to do. You know what I mean? He tells them what to do. Well, what if they don't receive me? You tell him that I am sent you. You know, he just, he just do what I'm telling you to do, okay? Do the first step. And if we'll do that, then God is going to show us the next. Naturally, we're going to say, what, what's the next step? What's the next step? you got to show me more. And God is, you know what God is saying? He's saying, take the step and trust me. Take the step that I'm showing you. Be sure you're hearing from God, okay? Take the step that I'm showing you. And trust me, go ahead now, do it. You know, let's go ahead and do it. He has already promised he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. So make sure that we've heard he's saying it over and over, take the step and trust me. And so we see Elijah taking the step and and it was when he took the step that the word of the Lord came to him. So God tells him, let, let's look at it real quickly. We've read it. We ought to memorize it by now. 1 Kings chapter 17, this is where all this is coming from. The whole story of Elijah and his his life that we're studying. 1 Kings 17, verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. That was the first thing and the only thing that God had showed him up to this point. He had to do it. Okay? He did it. We read that he did it. Look at verse 3. Well, let's read verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. So it was after he spoke, after he obeyed the Lord and did what he called him to do in the first step. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. And we're going to read this as a pattern, too. He takes the step. He waits. He abides. He obeys. Then the word of the Lord comes to him and tells him the next step. We would love it if it was like a a book and we had steps one through 100. Okay, look, in in a month, here's where I'll be. In a year, here's where I'll be. God doesn't do that. It would probably scare us to death if he showed us too much at once. It would probably confuse us and we couldn't handle it. Wait, what was that? What was the order again? He does it just the way he knows to do. That's best in his wisdom. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. So this is the next thing he called him to do. And so he turns and he goes. Okay, the word of the Lord came unto him. So this is going to be a pattern. The word of the Lord came unto him. The word of the Lord came to him. I've been studying and reading through Jeremiah. It's over and over. The Lord, he speaks the word that God gives him and people don't receive it, God gives him another word, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and he would go speak it again, whatever God gave him. That is the way he works, okay? And so it's the way we, it works for us. I think it's important that phrase, the word of the Lord came unto him. He didn't have to go running all over for it, did he? He had to go look at this conference that's going on over here and this latest, greatest Christian books over here. Uh, The word of the Lord came to him. He was in God's will. He was doing what the Lord called him to do. And the 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 word of the Lord came to him. And I can tell you that the word of the Lord is going to come to you. You're sitting here tonight, some of you, and you might be wondering, what in the world's going to go on with my life? What is about to happen in my life? You love the Lord. You want His will for your life. The Word of the Lord is going to come to you at some point. You won't need somebody else to tell you. You'll know it. Somebody else may confirm it. But the Word of the Lord is going to come to you. You're going to hear from the Lord. It may be from a scripture in the Bible or a passage in the Bible. Okay? Maybe something we're reading tonight or studying tonight. It may come from some... Uh, conviction or knowing in your heart by the Holy Ghost. I think about uh, in Antioch, it says in Acts chapter 13 that the church was fasting and praying, and the Holy Ghost said to the whole church, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work that I've called them to. They all heard it. They heard it wasn't a scripture. It was the Holy Ghost speaking, but everybody that was in that church heard it. They were praying, they were fasting, they were seeking the Lord. The word of the Lord came to them. He's going to communicate with you. You're his child. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. Amen. He is going to lead us. And so the the question will be then, Lord, what will you have me to do? This was Saul on the road to Damascus, right? I'm Jesus whom you persecute. He didn't know the Lord at that time. And he says, Lord, what will you have me to do? What was God's answer? When he was blinded and knocked off his horse on the Damascus Road. The answer from the Lord was, go into, he told him the next step, right? going into Damascus and it will be told you what you shall do. That was it. He waited three days and God sent a believer to pray for him. He received his sight. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He received his specific calling upon his life at that time. But he waited three days. If God had not wanted him to, he'd have waited 30 days. He had waited three minutes. The word of the Lord came to him. He chose us one step at a time. Amen. And so uh, maybe there's been something that you felt that felt that the Lord has called you to do maybe years ago. Maybe you felt God really wanted me to preach or God really wanted me to do such and such, start this ministry or whatever it may be. I don't know. And you, did, you hesitated and you didn't do it because he didn't show you the next step after that. Don't hesitate, okay? That w- hesitate no longer. Step out on what seems to be, uh, maybe it seems to- not perfectly clear. Step out, and as we step out, th- you're going to find your foot hits on a rock, a stepping stone. And when you take the next step that God leads, you're going to find firm ground there you take the steps that God leads you. I always think about the the priests bearing the ark that crossed the uh the Jordan River when the Israelites first went in to the promised land. And first got there to get to the promised land, even to the edge of it, they had to cross the Jordan River. And God told him, Joshua, here's the plan. Here's how I want to do it. Get the priests, bear the ark. They lead the people. They go over first. And when they were bearing their the ark, and I always picture it like this. Here's the, here's the water. As, as they take the step, it says that the, the waters begin to part. And every they, every place they put their foot down, it wasn't even muddy or like a swamp. It was dry ground. But it didn't part while they were waiting. Well, Lord, if you'd go in and part it, then we'll walk across. No, he says, I want you to step out. It's, it's building our faith, right? It's strengthening our faith. And as they stepped out, the waters parted. And so every time, it's not going to be any different for you. How often did, uh, did the manna come to the Israelites? How often did they get it? Did they get a week's supply, a month supply? I know that you know it. They got it every morning before the sun came up. The manna was there. If they waited till the sun got hot on it, it melted and and was good for nothing. But it was there every morning. Well, Lord, I'd like only day, only time it was doubled up, so to speak, was before, uh, on the Sabbath, lead, the day before the Sabbath, so they wouldn't have to gather it on the Sabbath day. You know how long that went on for? Forty years in the wilderness. But He never gave them two days or three or a month worth. Every morning, the manna was there. Jesus said in, in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. You know how much strength? When he gives you the strength, he gives you the strength when you need it. I'm about to step out. I'm about to preach. I'm about to go witness, it, I'm about to go on a mission trip. I'm about to go into a, a den of demons or whatever, that God, wherever God may use you. I'm about to start a new job. I'm about to do something I've never done before. And you say, I don't have the strength, but we're trusting the Lord. The strength comes when you need it. He doesn't stock us up with everything ahead of time, and and then we just can kick back. It is a daily dependence upon the Lord. The strength and the grace comes when we need it. He doesn't give us all the directions at one time. He gives us one step at a time. Amen? And that's how we learn. You know what it keeps us? It keeps us on our knees. It keeps us uh, with our eyes upon Jesus. If we had the game plan for the next 25 years, we could take our eyes off Jesus, right? It it would happen. It could happen. He knows what he's doing. And this is how he did for Elijah. So when he went and spoke to Ahab, then the word of the Lord came to him, go hide yourself by this brook, okay? Getting ready to be three and a half years of no rain. That's going to be drought. That's going to result in famine. That's going to result in hard times. Go get by this brook over here. And so... The next thing we see in Elijah's life, and that we would say uh, for our lives as well, that we can glean from this, is is that God's servants must be taught the importance of the hidden life. There is a life that people see in public, uh, and then there's the life hidden away with God. When I say the hidden life, I mean the life you and the Lord you have to if you're going to be used by God if you're going to grow in God you're going to be used in any significant way by the Lord there has to be you and the Lord you have to have a hidden life and so we see it through the Bible and what does the Lord say he says get thee don't not you and a hundred others that are like-minded in verse 3 get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith it's going to be you and me it's going to be like John the Baptist in the wilderness. It's going to be like Paul when he was saved. He spent three and a half years in an Arabian desert. Sometimes I think we skim over that and we forget that in Paul's testimony. He preached instantly when he when he when that and he was prayed for and received his sight and received the Holy Ghost. He began to testify of the Lord, but then the Lord took him away. And for three and a half years it was him and the Holy Ghost. That's a long time. He was in a desert for three and a half years being taught by the Lord, and then he went. Every man of God or woman of God that's used greatly by the Lord, even in this day, is going to have that hidden life, that time hidden away with God. You might be in a crowd of people and be hidden away with God. Nobody knows who you are. You don't seem like anything special to anyone. I mean, God's preparing you for something, but there's that hidden life, and and here God had it for Elijah. Before Carmel, Mount Carmel, he had to have his cherith. He had had this time by the brook, and it, he obeyed the Lord. Amen. He went, and he turned, and he, and he followed after the Lord. I love a quote from F.B. Meyer. That's, he's really his book on Elijah that I'm, I'm studying and using for the text. But he says, a man who is to take a high place before his fellows must take a low place before his God. If God's going to use you in a high place before men, you absolutely, if the Lord's going to do it, you might promote yourself. But if the Lord's going to use you in a high place before men, you're going to have to take a low place before God. Humbling yourself before the Lord. That's what the scriptures tell us. Amen? And so uh, God has to bring us down. I think that's not just one time in our lives, but I think there's times in our lives we might be used by the Lord and we might uh, begin to get lifted up in ourselves and think I'm I'm pretty important. In the scheme of things, I'm pretty important. I'm pretty necessary to God's plan. You know what he's going to show us? That you're you're not. You're not. You're not necessary. He can do without you in that sense. When we start to think that we're the man, and we're the woman, and it has to be us. God's going to drop us out. He can fix us, so to speak, but you're going to have that hidden place, that hidden life with the Lord, and he'll prepare you. But he teaches us that, you know what, we're not necessary to God's plans. We're not necessary. It's our privilege privilege to be used by the Lord. And so that, that hidden life, that hidden time, we see this. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, um, to Mark chapter six. This is Jesus did the same thing more than once with his his disciples. Let's read Mark six thirty and thirty one. And his apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So God had sent them out. He used them greatly. It was wonderful. What's the very. And they said, Look, the Lord did all these things through our lives, through us. And I'm not saying that they were prideful, but we can see the Lord's next step in verse 31. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. There has to be. There's that time, and it's not just a one time, but there's the time in the life of the man or woman of God where he calls us to, to that quiet place, that place of rest, that hidden place where it's you and the Lord. Amen. He might have you tucked away in some little job where nobody even notices, and you're way overqualified for it. You know what I mean? Or whatever it may be. But don't despise it. Know that you're in his will, and then if he's called you to a hidden place, he's calling us to that because he's using that to prepare us. Amen. You know what he wants to do? One of the things he wants to do in those times, he wants to bury self. He wants self to be crucified. And so here, Elijah, you just spoke before Ahab. You confronted the king. You told him what was what. You, you got away with your life. Evidently, you just walked away. Okay? You come along apart here. I got something I'm preparing you for, and you need this hidden time with me. Amen? You're too strong, maybe. yourself is too strong, and God's not going to have it. Amen? That no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen? And so, don't be surprised when God does that. He He might put you in a sick bed for two months or, or longer than that. We And we think, God, how can I be serving you here? And yet, it's exactly where he wants you. It's your hidden place with God, whatever it may be. And the one who can reply to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you will, I'm happy to do your will, whatever it is. That's the one who's going to be blessed. Amen. Everybody that's going to be used greatly by the Lord has to have that hidden life like a cherith. Brook cherith, he hid himself away just him and the lord during during part of this drought that was coming and this famine. And so Cherith is going to always lead to Carmel. So you know these are figures when I'm saying this hidden away life in the brook is going to lead to this victorious monumental being used by god here later. This always precedes that. Okay, that's the way that the lord works. And so you can't give what you don't have. You can't cast out devils if you hadn't been filled up with the Holy Ghost yourself. You can't give to other people. You can't do uh, things that are spiritually impossible unless we've taken time alone with God to be filled. And it's not just 30 seconds, it's a lifetime of learning to be separated unto God. Again, I mentioned Paul in the Arabian desert, Paul and Silas, and Paul and Barnabas in, Roman- in prisons. John was on the island of Patmos. He said, how can the Lord use me here? I'm a prisoner on the island of Patmos, and yet God gave him the book of Revelation, you know, on that island. It's that time where we're, they're quiet, we're set apart with the Lord, amen? This, These are important. So first of all, learn to take one step at a time. Second of all, learn the importance of the hidden life, you and God. We have a church life, Okay. But even more important than that is your, your life with the Lord, your walk with the Lord. And the last thing we'll look at tonight, well, uh, the third lesson of God, I guess you would see in Elijah's life, is that God's servants must learn to trust God absolutely. We have to learn to trust the Lord absolutely and to obey the Lord. Amen. And so the first time when we step out in obedience to the Lord and it seems like it's impossible, but we trusted God and we did it, then he, that, that grows our faith. And when God grows our faith, then we trust him for more. He doesn't just, he saves us in a moment. You know, I'm not, uh, and this is what we're talking about on Sunday morning as well, something similar. He saves us in a moment, but it takes a lifetime walking with God to become that man or woman of God that he's called us to be. He cannot. He does not just snap his fingers, because it has to do with giving us this day our daily bread. It has to do with exercising ourselves to godly godliness. It has to do with trusting the Lord. And we failed here, and then He got us back up and brushed us off and said, "Now let's try that again." And we get it, and then so we we, we trust Him for something bigger the next time. We obey the Lord, and it's how God trains His people. It's how. Uh, you know, tr- he trains a, a little baby eagle to fly. They they have to start some point, fluttering their wings when it's time, and they might hit the ground and then have to try again. But that's how God does it, and so our faith is strengthened by that. And so, think about how strange, how strange that Elijah must have thought this was. I, I'm going to be sent where, Lord? You want me to go where? Cherith, that's a little brook off of, it's like a, a little tributary or estuary or something off of, uh, off of the Jordan we're going to feed and there's going to be a drought and you're telling me that, that the ravens are going to feed me? Won't the ravens be hungry too? Won't they want to eat that food? Won't this little brook be subject to drought just like the Jordan River or the rest of the waters? You could think about all those things. How am I going to be hidden anywhere from Jezebel and Ahab? They're searching the whole land for me. To find me, they want to kill me. All these questions, but look at verse five. If you're back in First Kings fifteen, I mean seventeen, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. These things seem uh, so simple, and yet they're not so simple. When we go, we like, remember a few, few, several weeks back, I preached about Noah right? And the flood. By faith, Noah built an ark, prepared the ark. And God told Noah what to do. He was going to destroy the whole earth with a flood. All the creeping things, the cattle, the beast, all the, destroy it all. You have I seen righteous. I want you to build this ark. Here's the dimensions of the ark. I want you to bring two of every animal and so forth. And the next scripture says, thus did Noah according to all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. It sounds simple, but it's not simple. He's asking you to do something that is impossible. You're going to flood the whole earth? It hadn't even rained on the earth. It just been a mist that would water the flowers. You're going to destroy every living thing with a flood, and you want me to build an ark to bring all these animals on, and here's the dimensions of it? Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him. So did he. By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Thus he became the heir of the faith the righteousness that is by faith. It is by faith, y'all. Elijah served God by faith. He stepped out and went and hid himself by this brook by faith. He did everything that God told him to do. And look what it says in verse six. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Just like God said. Just like God said. And I would say, what a lesson for us to learn the provision of God. I know that some of these things almost become like little cartoon fairy tale stories. We do that with Noah and the ark as well, too. But that really happened. Okay, this really happened. And it is a lesson for us today to never doubt God's provision. Um, I would think that after this... Elijah would not doubt God's provision for him. It says the ravens brought him food in the morning and the evening. Ravens, you know, big old crow, just flying out there. Here's your breakfast. Here's your dinner. And as long as he was there, it was like the manna coming down. It was there for him. And he drank of the brook. He was provided for, right? He was shut up with God. He was hidden away, not from God, but with God. And he was being built up, and his faith was being strengthened. It didn't happen in 25 minutes. It happened in uh, obedience and walking with God and waiting for the next word of the Lord to come to him, which it would when the brook uh, would dry up. But I'm about to close, but in verse 4, we kind of skipped over it. When he tells him to go to the brook, Cherith, after he talked to King Ahab, in verse 4, it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And that, that, that is significant when he says they, they weren't going to feed him and get back in Gilead or some other place. I've commanded the ravens to feed you where I'm telling you to go. Again, it seems like a simple thought, but we better make sure that we're in the will of God. And guess what? You can know that. Make sure you're in the will of God. That's where you're going to be provided for. You go do something on your own and ask God to come along and bless it. He has no obligation to do that. You be where God tells you to do, uh, where where he tells you to be. Make sure that uh, you have to ask the question, am I where God wants me to be? God will do miracle after miracle if need be to provide for you there. If you are in the will of God, he will provide for you there. Ravens brought this man food. I don't read about it happening uh, anywhere else. I want to close with this thought. The manna always accompanies the pillar of cloud. Isn't that good? The manna always accompanied the pillar of cloud. In other words, where God says you be where when you see the cloud move, that's what you follow. At nighttime, when you see the, the pillar of fire move, that's my presence. That's where I am. You stay right on my tail. And as long as they were there, that's where the manna was for 40 years. It's an amazing thing. If we'll seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, all these things shall be added unto us. All of the needs of life. I'll close with this little story. There was a, there was a little boy in a German village, and they were poor, very poor. He read about this. He read this from the Bible about the ravens feeding Elijah and him drinking from the brook during the time of famine and drought. He sat there. They had no wood for the fire. They had no fire. Okay. They're cold. The table was bare. There's nothing on it. He asked his mom if he might open the door for God's ravens to come in. God, Mom, can I open the door for God's ravens to come in and provide for us? And she said, Sure. Where well, the mayor of the town walks by. He, he sees a door open and it stuck his head in to see, why is your door wide open? It's cold outside. When he understood the reason why, he says, I will be God's raven. And he relieved their need for that moment and for all their future. He took care of them. What's the point? The point is God provides for his people. Amen. God provides for his people But he says, There I have commanded the ravens to feed you. We have to be in the will of God. We need to be where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be. We need to take one step at a time. We need to trust him. We need to not despise a hidden away life with God. If he wants to keep you hidden away till you're 85 years old, and in the 86th year, use you for something, that's up to him. You be growing in the Lord. Be in the will of God and growing in God. Amen. That's where he wants us to be. D, you can come. I'm going to close with this. And, y'all, I, I personally am very, been very blessed and encouraged. I read this years ago on the life of Elijah and God. I, I've wanted to teach it for a long time. It is very much ministered to my life. These simple, simple truths that we can learn from Elijah's life. Amen. They're simple. The simple things are always the best things. Always. If somebody said they got some deep thing nobody's ever heard before, if we go read his book, I wouldn't read it. <laughs> the, the, the simple things are the best things. God knows, and by the Holy Ghost, he reveals to us the things he wants us to know. Amen. Y'all stand with mm-hmm. me tonight. This deep place, y'all, the altars are open. I'm going to just bring these things before you for the altar. I, I pray that we we'll would be a people of the altar. So many of you do come, and but I just would encourage you that, I think God's going to meet with us. I know He is. He's going to meet with us at these altars. You can pray at your seat, but as there is something about stepping out by faith in the Lord that will come and, and meet with the Lord. Here, here it is, just simply what we taught. Are you taking one step at a time? Are you okay with that? Have you, already, have, have you obeyed what He's already showed you to do? Are you waiting for Him to show you the whole picture first? Just take the one step at a time. Amen. He will provide for you if you are in his will, and you can know that you're in his will. And that's simple obedience. And do you in your life? Are you so busy with work and so forth and church that you don't have a hidden away life, that you don't have a life? I'm not just talking about 10 minutes, a life where it's you and the Lord. Where you have that time, and you, you and Jesus, and you and the Lord, and He's pouring into your life, and He's feeding you, and He's growing you, and you're coming to know Him more. You need that time in your life. It needs to be part of your life. If it involves turning the TV off or whatever it may be, wherever He's got you hidden away, don't despise it. He wants to grow you. It's important. Every man or woman of God that we read about had that time. Amen. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. If we're in your will, God, you will do miracle after miracle if need be to provide for your children. We trust you. We thank you, God. We pray that you would, where we've messed up or failed, that you would give us another opportunity, God, and that we would do it right. Where we have doubted you, God, this next time we will trust you, Lord. Where we've been frustrated and think things are moving too slow in my life. God, that we would be content to let you work in us as the potter does the clay and make us what you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for these chapters in 1 Kings and the life of Elijah and how you've used him, God, and the things that we can learn from him, God. Help us, God. You want to raise up an Elijah in this day for whatever your purpose. You're not done with this planet yet. You want to still make your name great and turn many to you in these last days, God. Make us and prepare us for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God.